I'm a simple man. gentlemen podcast today our sponsor is song of the day uh this twitter account is run by timmy price who is our guest today if you go to s-o-t-d underscore o-b-g-g it is song of the day only by god's grace so that twitter account is at s-o-t-d O-B-G-G, only by God's grace. S-O-T-D underscore O-B-G-G. That's our, one of our sponsors today. We actually have two sponsors today. And actually, I'm going to let Timmy introduce the second sponsor. Um, Timmy's already on the line. Timmy, go ahead and do the second sponsor. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, one quick word about Song of the Day. I just got started um, just about two years ago. A friend of mine um, was interested in music and Christian music that I listened to. And so I started just sending them a song that I liked every day. And then it, from there it grew into, well, I should explain why I like this song. And then I was like, well, I should put some scripture and more people started becoming interested. So I just started sending it out and Twitter was the best way to put that out there. So um, yeah, on a daily basis, anywhere between five and 20, 30 people look at it and it includes a verse, a little devotional, and then a link to a YouTube song. Um, with a variety of different genres. So it's been cool to provide encouragement through that means. Yeah, I've been following that account for, what, three or four months, and okay. uh, it's good. Nice. Yeah. Glad glad it's uh, been encouragement. Yeah, good. So our second, right, second sponsor, sponsor is uh, Groove Life. Um, you've probably seen their ads online or seen different things but if you're not familiar with what groove life is they started off making silicone rings which uh, i'm actually wearing right now but the nice thing about these rings is that they have uh, grooves on the inside hence the name but it helps channel water and i know talking to thomas uh, just recently he had a story about another silicone ring that he had and it uh, it didn't quite do the job to channel the water out like a groove ring did yeah, it, uh, I, I don't remember what the brand was. It was some cheap one I probably got off of Amazon. But it had a, a concave outer, um, but the inside of the ring was convex. So um, when you washed your hands, your hands got wet. It would hold water inside the ring. And I traveled to uh, Morocco with a friend of the podcast, Eric Harris. And uh, I'd been wearing it all week. And at the end of the week, I took it off for the first time. And my skin was like deteriorating under the... Uh, under the ring because it had been sitting in water and had been in the hot desert all week. And it just looks like my skin was falling off. So groove life doesn't let that happen. It channels the water out, keeps your finger dry. And that's a great product. I've had a groove life. Um, I lost it. Um, I go through rings like ink pens, unfortunately. Um, but now I don't have a ring. So I don't need one. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Well, the cool thing is too, they've made, uh, they've come out with like smartwatch bands. And then uh, just recently they came out with uh, belts and I was actually part of their Kickstarter. I uh, enjoyed the ring. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll support the Kickstarter. And they promised it to be the best 
belt in the world. And, you know, we've all heard that before, like, oh, this is going to be the best thing. Okay. But it, honestly, I got the belt about um, eight months ago, and it's been the only belt that I've worn since then. It has a magnetic buckle, um, which doesn't sound very secure, but it's been super secure. And it has a little bit of flex. So um, this past Christmas, I actually bought like 10 of them to give away as gifts and whatnot. But all of Groove's Life stuff is backed by, uh, they call it a 94 year no BS warranty. And um, I, I, so I liked the company for all this. But one other thing that was really cool for me personally, being a follower of Christ, is that on Christmas Day, they sent an email that was to all their customers and just said, hey, the reason we have this company is yes to it's a business it has to make money but the reason we do all this is so that we can share the gospel with people and they just gave the gospel like very clearly it was like not some type of you know passive way of or attempt of doing that and i really was impressed by that so my wife and i were in nashville where they're located over valentine's day and actually got to go tour their facility and uh, see where all this stuff is made and meet the people super genuine super nice even gave us um, some free rings while we were down there just for stopping by. So definitely uh, highly recommend them for multiple reasons, but it's always nice when you're getting a quality product and you don't have to feel like you're, uh, you know, just supporting somebody because they believe the same way that you do, but wish that the product was better, but have really no complaints over their customer service and, and uh, their product and everything like that. That's awesome. And it's groovelife.com. I believe so. Yeah. Typing groove, groove ring and uh, yeah, they'll take you right to it. That's cool. Okay. So our guest is Timmy Price. Timmy Price and I had some, a lot of good conversations over the years, but we had some interesting ones recently. Um, one is about the book of Enoch, which we originally thought was in the Apocrypha, but after doing some research on that, it's not actually a part of the, the Apocrypha. So we're going to talk about the, book, the, the book of Enoch rather than uh, the Apocrypha. And we're also going to talk about the Chronicles of the Nephilim, which is a, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Timmy, a uh, fiction story that has biblical ties and there's some uh, real history in there as well. So it's like a historical fiction. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I was uh, on the podcast in its early stages and talked about it a little bit. So those that have been with us will remember this a little bit. But yeah, I, I first got interested in this with the series Chronicles of the Nephilim. They start with Noah, then they go back into a prequel with Enoch, and then they go forward with um, different um, characters throughout the Bible. But this guy was a screenwriter for movies, and he uh, Does he have did a bunch of note that we would know. No, I I looked and I'm not the hugest of movie buffs to be able to recall like certain titles or actors or whatnot. I didn't recognize anything, so it wouldn't be anything super well known. There, you know, some people may know bet, it a little bit better. I bet Brad or Matt would know. They're they're yeah. big movie guys. They, they know Brian Gadawa, G O D A W A was the guy's name. So he uh he's written a lot of books from the sounds of it, but he's done a lot of research in that time. But I found it very fascinating that you know, as you go through the Bible you hear this stories of giants and you're like, well, that's weird. Why aren't there giants walking around today? Or why was it, why were the giants always opposing Israel? Why did Caleb, when Joshua and Caleb had to go out of Egypt, why did he go and kill all these giants? Or why did David have to fight Goliath, the giant? And why were they always antagonistic to God's people? And so um, you go through that and it, it kind of gives you a perspective of why there were giants on the, on the earth. And, um, 
So that got me interested in the book of Enoch after going through that whole series. Um, it's kind of the war of the serpent versus the the seed of uh, of Jesus. So the you know in the Bible, God talks about how you're going to have the heel crush the serpent's head, and so it's like the uh, Satan versus God throughout the entire Bible and uh, seeing how he's trying to thwart God's plans. And so it's very interesting using a lot of, like you said a moment ago, Thomas, a lot of historical biblical um, support, but also just regular historical stuff. Like there's a book about Gilgamesh. Good old Gilgamesh. uh, Yeah. From the Bible, he thinks this guy possibly became Nimrod, which is a reference to the Bible. So a lot of interesting stuff, but it kind of goes into like Noah, where why was the world so bad that God had to wipe it out? Like, is the world that bad today? And he talks about possibilities of what that was. But anyways, the book of Enoch, I just recently read like the actual book, not from this series. And uh, there's been debate on if it should be part of the canon before. Um, I found it very fascinating. Let's talk about that. So. Um, the canon of scripture um, was decided upon at the Council of Nicaea, somewhere 300, 400 AD, somewhere in there, like 366 or something like that. I'm right. forgetting my biblical history. But um, so it was a, actually a council of people. Um, I don't know if any of the early church fathers were alive. I mean, early church fathers would have been before 150 AD. So like guys like um, Augustine and uh, Paul, who was the Polycarp was another one, I think. Um, I don't think they were a part of it. These were guys. Right. I think it was were, predating those, right? They were, they were, um, these guys in 366 or whenever it was, were guys that had been entrusted to carry on the history of scripture. Um, you know, scribes had been meticulously writing it down. And one thing that's interesting about that, so a lot of history has been recorded just by scribes reading one book and copying it into another. So they had more copies, literally by hand. I mean, if you look at other historical works or even just stories like uh, Homer, for instance, or, or the Odyssey, um, if you, there's something like 500 copies that are really close to the date of the original. But if you look at those 500 copies, there's all kinds of mistakes and different paragraphs and, and a lot of issues with them. But when you look at scripture, um, I think the oldest we have is the Dead Sea Scrolls. If some, somebody may, may correct me on that if I'm, if I'm wrong. But I think the oldest we have now is the Dead Sea Scrolls. And they went back and looked at those and compared with what was recorded later and, and everything that they had. And the mistakes that are in scripture are almost non-existent. It's a couple pages. And it's typically stuff like the name John is spelled with two N's instead of one. Or um, there's a comma here or something like that. A sentence is messed up. But there's no significant portion of scripture that was misrecorded in any of the historical works that we have. Um, and there's, there's thousands of them. Whereas I think Homer only has, or the Odyssey only has 500. Um, so um, it's, it's really amazing. You'd to see expect how bad. a lot more mistakes yeah. in that and many. That's, and that's one of the things people who don't know what they're talking about. They say, Hey, the Bible can't be relied upon. It was a bunch of people just recording it. It must've changed. Well, it didn't. We have evidence of that. And it's, it, I don't know. It's just cool how God preserved the word that way. And it, they said that if you, took every bible in the world and burned it and got rid of every bible we could recreate the entire scripture just on bits and pieces uh, whether references or articles or bits and pieces of scrolls that we have and you could piece back together the entire bible with without having an actual um uh put together bible there with you that's how much there is out there and that's how much there is to reference and there's no there's no real conflict that makes any 
um, theological or doctrinal difference. It's amazing. If not, if not that, then you'd also probably have uh, um, the the Book of Eli walking around. If you've ever seen that movie, yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's such a cool movie. I, I, props to uh, Denzel Washington for doing that movie. That's a cool one. He said they, everybody thinks he has this book. Spoiler spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the Book of Eli, go watch it. Denzel's the man. It's a great uh, post apocalyptic movie. But at spoiler, spoiler, here comes the spoiler. At the end of the movie. These guys have been chasing him, trying to get the book that he has that has all the, the wisdom of the world in it. And um, come to find out at the end of the movie, he's actually blind, even though he beats the crap out of all these guys along the way. And he sits down like, all right, where's the book? And he finally gets to where he's going. And he just starts quoting. He goes, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. And he, he yeah. quotes out the entire the Bible. The book that he guy. was carrying around the entire time was a book, a Bible made out of Braille. So the people who finally got it couldn't read it because couldn't it was just do a bunch of bumps it. on a page. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah. So anyways, go ahead. So yeah, bringing that up, like Council of Nicaea, they decide what books are going to be in the canon, which ones aren't. And so books that got cut out, um, there were several, but some of them were preserved by the Catholic Church in the Apocrypha. Now, I'm not in any way, shape, or form an expert on that. I haven't read any of the Apocrypha. Uh, I know Thomas and I were talking just recently. There's some books that would be interesting to read, like Maccabees. It sounds like there's some history in there of the intertestamental yeah. period. Um, then there's some crazy ones like the book of Thomas records Jesus, like going through miracle puberty. It sounds like where he's and learning his people. powers, yeah. yeah, killing them and then bringing them back to get to life and all this stuff, which, you know, the water into wine is often known as his first miracle. So yeah. if he's performing miracles as a child, that kind of doesn't fit in with the rest of scripture. And so they just determined these books are going to be part of the canon of scripture, the 66 books, because they fit in with all this stuff. And then there's other ones that they determined at that council that would not be a part of it. Other people have disagreed and hence why there's the Apocrypha and some other works yeah. out there. The book of Enoch was not adopted by the Catholic church, but it was seen as scripture for a lot, a long time leading up to that. And I found it interesting the book of Enoch, to my knowledge, was quoted six times in the New Testament. So sometimes there's things that were quoted in the Old Testament, and they've said, like, ah, that, that's not really scripture. But Jesus actually quoted the book of Enoch um, when he said, uh, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, I'm pretty sure that came from the book of Enoch. Um, and then the most common quoted book of Enoch passage is in the book of Jude, where it talks about... Um, angels and um, demons and things like that. So um, reading through that book of Enoch, it was interesting because when I started, I was like, well, I've, I've been studying scripture my entire life, you know, went to Bible college, was memorizing scripture before even did, you know, missions work and things. So there's, there's been a lot of time where I've, I've studied God's word. So I'm pretty familiar with what it sounds like when I've read the book of Mormon little bits and pieces or the Quran, they, they sound different. It's like, it's a different yeah. tone or different f way. So even if I did think that it was possible that Joseph Smith did receive a vision, it sounds nothing like the rest of scripture. So that kind of, you know, is a huge red flag in, in how it's wording and all that. But the book of Enoch actually reminded me a lot of revelation and all the prophecies and stuff, which to my understanding, the book of Enoch is partially written by Enoch. And I could be wrong on some of this, but what I understand, Methuselah was kind of the one who wrote it down, but he took some of the stuff from Enoch. And then I think Mo, uh, Noah had some of the stuff that he contributed as well. But um, so if that's the case, and that book could potentially 
be, and you know, there's, it's a collection of different books, but that book could potentially be the oldest book in the Bible. Cause Job is often seen as the oldest book, but um, anyways, it goes through the, the watchers, which are the fallen demons, you know, one third of the angelic force rebelled against God. And we now refer to them as demons often. Um, what, what, once, let me go back to something real quick. You said it yeah. sounds like the book of revelation. Can you mm-hmm. lay that out for me? What, what do you mean by that? So in the book of revelation, and it talks, maybe give an example, what, yeah. like a prophecy or something. Sure. So in the book of revelation, it talks a lot about like the things that are going to be coming. And it talks a a lot about um, different signs that are going to be, and it's kind of confusing. I mean, it's, it's often seen as the most confusing book in the Bible because it's, it's prophecy. It hasn't yet happened yet. And so there's like bowls and signs and different things that are sheep and seven heads and right, right. A lot of imagery. And when I, but then they also refer to God in different ways. And, you know, it talks about how he has like white hair and he has like, I, and I'm, I need to know revelation better to, to quote this, but you know, like, you know, stuff coming out of his nostrils and, yeah. you know, fire and smoke and all Dude, this stuff. Revelation is so confusing to me. And this is a, this is a part where I'm failing as a Christian is I, I, I was a Bible major and we, I had classes that were just on the book of revelation or or in times prophecy right and i came out of those classes more confused about dispensationalism versus covenant theology and whatever else and imagery versus literal um wording than i was before like i like I, and i still to this day i'm like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen do we do we get raptured before the bad stuff or after right i don't know is all is all millennialism a real thing or is it post or is it pre like like um is uh what is it called the pre-wrath rapture or mid-trib rapture like i'm just like i you know you're supposed to be have a conviction on this stuff i believe the bible tells us to be convicted on this stuff but i just don't know man like it's weird and i i don't put enough time into it and i'm kind of like stayed away from that because i just i hear people make their arguments i'm like oh you both could be right you know i don't have any real conviction on which way it's going to go and ultimately like we have no control over it i mean we can't like right god you know, do anything differently because of our belief. So it's good to, like you said, study it out and figure out, I mean, you know, and this might be more controversial, but like same thing with creation, you know, I grew up six literal days. That's what I still believe, but I have known really good believers that believe in like more of a theistic evolution where God created it, but it were six periods of time. They weren't necessarily six literal days. And so he allowed evolution to accomplish. Now, is that what I believe? You know, if we, you know, put a gun to my head or whatever, like, no, I believe it's six literal days, but if I get to heaven, and I find that out like, cool. Like that's really beautiful. Like it doesn't take any way, take away any of God's power. Like it, it's really beautiful either way that he did it. And ultimately like, we don't need to get hung up on that. I know some people right. disagree with that. Like they're, I'm just a few miles down the road from the creation museum where they're like, if you yeah. don't get the six literal there's days, a giant right. Arc in your, there's a giant arc in your backyard, a life-size arc yeah. in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> But if you don't get that right, then you could, you don't get the rest of the Bible. Right. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think yeah. ultimately we need to be focusing on telling others about the hope that lives within us. And if he, if you believe that God wasn't involved in creation, then that's a problem. But how he yeah. did it, I don't know. I wasn't there. And yeah, either way, God's awesome. And, and yeah, God, I mean, I always say, the only thing I like to say about this kind of stuff is God can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the old question, can God rake 
make a rock big enough that he can't pick up if he wants to, or, and then he can pick it up if he wants to, like, what does that matter? Right. Um, it's, it's, I think it's silly. I think it's, I think it's, um, elementary. Those kind of questions are elementary questions and there's a real philosophy. We'll get you past that. And it's, it's so like, this is, um, in, in his book, um, the reason for God, Tim Keller makes this point. It's a, it's a big book. So I did it on audio book. It's about eight hours at 1.2 speed, but he goes through creationism and he, he, he believes in the theistic evolution that God created by his word and then allowed evolution to take over, um, which he designed, which is fine. Um, but you have guys, I mean, especially in the environment that I grew up in that said, if you don't believe in a six day creation, you're not a Christian and um or a six literal 24-hour periods and that's what i always grew up kind of believing same thing with in times I've, I've heard guys and my dad this guy spoke at our church he he basically said if you don't believe in dispensationalism and a pre-trib rapture then you're probably not a christian and i was like dude where do you get the right man like that is just where in all of scripture my understanding it- that's a relatively newer thought like in the last hundred years or so 1900 so, turn of the century basically yeah. before the turn of the century everybody was was post um post trip rapture yeah yeah um and basically covenant and all this dispensationalism and pre-trib rapture they their argument is came out of an idea of american exceptionalism and prosperity almost like a prosperity gospel that sure. christians aren't, aren't going to have to suffer god prom- jesus promised us that we would suffer so going through um, the um, going through the uh, tribulation, so be it. I mean, yeah. that's part of our calling is to suffer for Christ. Yeah. Um, so we're all going to be uh, trading in uh, cryptocurrency because the government won't let us have money. <laughs> we're Christian. Um, <laughs> um, that's a topic for another day. Yes. Uh, yes. So back to the. The, the yeah, correlation yeah. with the uh, yeah. book of Enoch and revelation. I, it describes God in a lot of the similar ways, um, which I found fascinating because the book of revelation was written, you know, after Christ's death and the book of Enoch, like I think the earliest copies are found like three, 400 BC. So um, that there is a large gap in just how it was worded and whatnot. Um, and then it, it, I could talk a lot about this, but I'll leave you with just a couple of last thoughts. The, um, uh, Oh, we don't have to rush through it, man. It's okay. If this goes that's, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it talks about an example. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. You, you probably have this train of thought that I keep derailing. Um, give me an example of a prophecy from Enoch. Um, that See, you, that's, you the, think that's the hard part because, um, I couldn't understand all the prophecies. There was prophecy of the deluge, which is the flood. So there were some of those. And then there were other ones where I only listened to it once and I wasn't like, I listened to audiobook, So I wasn't like studying it out um, because I, I didn't, since I don't know for sure if it's scripture or not, I don't really need to invest the time and effort to really figure it all out. Yeah. But I do know like how it worded some of those things really, you know, use similar language and it's hard to describe like it's not like it used a certain wording but it it kept referring to god in similar ways like blessed be the holy one of the most high you know or the creator of the world and did things like that where it was clear it was they were talking about god it wasn't just some random deity yeah. but um 
so yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer for, for that one in particular. Like I, okay. I notice differences, but I can't really put those into words. Um, yeah. but, um, I did find it interesting, you know, you have these watchers, which, um, in the, uh, the f- fiction series that I read, they talk about how these were probably the idols of the Israelites day, like Baal or Astra, they were at, or Molech. They were actual watchers, um, that procreated with, um, humans and made these giants. That's where the giants came from. And, um, that's one reason why the world had to have the flood is because of all the evil that was going on during that time. But if you think about it, if there's only 200 watchers and yet there's demon possession all over, like even when Jesus threw out all the demons in the, the pigs, you know, how could there be so many demons all over the place? And I've never quite understood. And they even talk about different, you know, how spiritual forces and powers and principalities and things. And it's like, well, there's a difference. There's a, a distinction between each of those, but growing up, it was just like, well, demons, Satan's Satan and demons, like, you yeah. know, that the devil aliens. is Satan. And yeah, <laughs> aliens. <laughs> <laughs> aliens, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't really know, but this, uh, this guy's thought on it was that when the giants um, died, they were not truly human. So they didn't really have a, a soul, but they weren't angels. So they were partially immortal in a way. So their souls that were, would live on as like ghosts, basically the, the demons. And so you have these okay. until judgment day, they would just be roaming the earth. And uh, yeah. I, I, that's, that's the best explanation that I've heard to, to know, like, cause otherwise it's like, why would these big powerful demons go and do these little seeming trivial, trivial things or just possess people. But I really think it's, there's gotta be another answer and that's the best answer I've heard, but yeah. Does he tie it into um, when the, I think it's the old Testament says the sons of God came down and procreated with the women of earth. Is that what yeah. he's talking about? Yeah. 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 So okay. they're the, offspring out of that were the giants. The were the giants. Yeah. The Nephilim. Correct. correct. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. Maybe yeah. we, uh, is, is this is a callback to episode three, but maybe there were aliens in the Old Testament. Maybe, and maybe that's what we're we're seeing now. Car- car- carry on, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> but yeah, they talk about how the Watchers, when they come out of heaven, obviously they've been around God and they're seeing how heaven works. Well, they bring down different ideas and thoughts to mankind and teach them different things that God didn't intend them to know, at least at that point. So they teach them about war. They teach them about how to fashion weapons and shields and armor and all that stuff. They teach them about using metal like bronze and stuff. And I think some of these things God wanted mankind to learn on their own, like Mm -hmm. develop culture. That's like what he, you know, to, uh, occupy the earth that part of that is learning and developing things and yeah is this so, before or after the tower of Babel? this is all before the flood before the flood okay before the flood yeah so they're teaching them <laughs> all these things all right this is how bad this is how much of a terrible christian i am and a terrible bible major i was is the tower of Babel before or after 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 obviously after because then he splits up the nations so okay go ahead yep so Sorry. you have the flood then the tower of Babel, and then Abraham. I don't have my, I don't have my Zen right now. So I don't have a clear mind. <laughs> Another recommendation from a previous week. Yes. Oh, recommendation. Okay, guys. Um, quick inner, uh, quick middle commercial here. 
Um, we are no longer going to call our sponsors sponsors because they are actually not sponsors. <laughs> Nobody's giving this podcast money yet. So we are now going to call anything that we were previously calling a sponsor. We're going to call them recommendations. So, yeah, they, uh, so this all happened before the flood, but they were teaching mankind about different things. And one thing I found fascinating was uh, the beautification of women. It talks about in the book of Enoch, and this is not the fiction. This is the actual book that I was reading. It talks about how he, uh, the watchers taught women how to, um, you know, put different jewelry on or put makeup on their face, which was something in heaven that was used, but not necessarily intended for, for mankind, or at least not for them to be taught. And, you know, there's that verse that Paul talks about, like where um, women are supposed to keep their head covered in church. And it says because of the angels. And that's always been weird. Like we know that, like you referenced that verse where mankind procreated with the watchers, the sons of God Mm -hmm. and sons of man. But, it, you kind of like, well, why, why do women need to carry their hair covered or head covered? And then he also talks about in that same passage or area of scripture about the plating of, you know, jewelry or the way that they do their hair and all braiding of hair. And so I just found it fascinating. Like there's something that the way that God created women and how we should as, as mankind, but really just encourage our women to be how they are and not be trying to dress up or be more fashionable. Like, because you think about it, even in a marriage context, when a wife has to do so much just to turn on her husband or um, uh, make him attracted to her, that's really unfortunate, you know, because there's so many different things in advertising, advertising and things like that, where Photoshopping and airbrushing and makeup jewelry that make a woman look really attractive. And yeah, it's attractive, but we should be content so that's obviously my own little takeaway from that yeah i don't, I don't know if i agree with that Timmy. <laughs> yeah i maybe didn't I may have describe a, it the same way i but... may have a different interpretation yeah <laughs> i love jewelry and makeup yeah women. <laughs> <laughs> but i almost wonder if like god didn't intend for us to have it that way um sure for the purpose know. of just being you know because body image is a huge deal today and like why do so many women hate their bodies is because of the image that's put out there so sure Again, not saying all that stuff is wrong, like we shouldn't do jewelry or makeup or anything like that, but um, I just found it fascinating. Like maybe it wasn't how God originally intended um, or it wasn't meant to be at that time period or whatever. So, yeah, cool, man. But in the very end of the book, it talks about Noah being born and uh, Noah apparently was born with white hair. Uh, he uh, he was glowing similar to that of like Abraham or I'm sorry, uh, Moses, when he came down on the mountain, his head yeah. was glowing. So, and then he actually, as soon as he was born and this is all according to the book of Enoch. So I don't know for sure if it's true or not, but he actually gave praise to God as soon as he came out of the womb and his oh. dad Laban went to Methuselah, his dad, and was like, this kid is, is not mine. Like, I'm not that godly. There's no way that this is my offspring he said, no, don't worry. Like my father, Enoch, because I went Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and then Noah. Uh, he said, my father, Enoch, told me this would happen. So don't worry, the child is yours. But can you imagine being freaked out? Like, no, yeah. I'm not that holy. I have this angel come out of her. <laughs> yeah, my uh, Megan, when we were having our first kid, Nora, Megan used to have these horrible pregnant dreams uh, leading up to the, the birth that Nora would be born with a full set of teeth. <laughs> 
and it would freak her out. It was just, it was a funny thing, but it was like a recurring dream for her. So I'm sure if that had happened, it would have been something like Noah. That's funny. Yeah. So can't cool. say for sure if it is scripture or not, but one reason why, um, why it's not included in the canon is it was not, there weren't as many copies. Like it wasn't by, like you said, there was no printing press back then. And so yeah. scribes had to copy it, copy anything. So one thought is like with the scribes, they copied it all over. There weren't as many copies to um, include, or there weren't as many uh, copies of the book of Enoch. So they didn't know if it really was scripture, but one reason for that might be is that the um, Pharisees may have, seen how many scriptures were coming true, how many prophecies were coming true through the book of Enoch, through the life of Christ. And they may have said, we're going to cut this out. That's been debated. Yeah. There wasn't a clear one way or the other, this is true or not. But I found that fascinating. Like it's possible that the Pharisees in an attempt to disprove Christ said, Hey, we're going to discredit the book of Enoch. So that way people aren't seeing what's actually happening right in front yeah. of them. Yeah, and I, and I think in order for something to, I could be wrong on this, but my memory is telling me that in order for something to make it into the canon at the Council of Nicaea, there had to be a hundred percent agreement. I think if one guy disagreed, then they would leave it out. It's possible. Yeah. 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 Wow. We should do a little more study on some of these topics. Before we start. Uh, it's like, I like to, I like to just shoot <laughs> from the hip, you know, um, I don't have time to research everything we're going to talk about. It's going to be a hundred different subjects. Um, Hopefully we that's cool. Well, thanks in our conversation today. Yeah, man. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks for uh, coming on. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting stuff is fascinating. So I know uh, the listeners are going to find it interesting too. So I appreciate your time. The outro song for today is "Something Just Like This" by the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. Coldplay and the Chainsmokers collabed on this song. It's really good. I've been listening to it a lot lately. Something just like this. Enjoy. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, and Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist, and clearly I don't see myself upon that list, but she said where'd you wanna go, how much you wanna risk, I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss, just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. Do 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 Oh, I want something just like this. Somebody I 
Where'd you wanna go?